Hello and welcome back to episode number 14 of Talking to Unicorns. It's been a while, I'm very aware of that, but we're back with a fantastic guest, Ashley. Welcome, how are you doing? Thank you, I'm doing well. So, Ashley, can you just give us a bit of a rundown of who you are, what you do? So, I am a brand designer. I... I studied a Bachelor of Media Design in Auckland and then pretty soon after that moved to Sydney in Australia. Uh, my plan was to work for free for six months, come back with like this epic resume. <laughs> uh, but four and a half years later, I was still there. <laughs> uh, and I literally just moved back home a month ago. So I'm you know, ready to live my New Zealand life again. <laughs> Nice. So can you tell me a bit about the type of work that you were doing over in Australia? Yeah, I, so I started off, you know, working for free is my original plan. I uh, did an internship and then I accidentally landed a job as a lead brand designer at a mm-hmm. not-for-profit, uh, which I was with for almost two years. And then after that, I moved, uh, I became a graphic designer at a brand storytelling agency. So I kind of moved from in-house to agency. Um, and I was there for almost two years as well. And then now I'm back here and I'm a full-time freelancer. Awesome. So, okay, I want to start off with that. I want to hear how you got that first gig as like an in-house yeah. brand designer. Yeah, with uh, just with a free yep. internship under my belt. <laughs> um, so that like that job was really special for me because I know for a fact that I really got in there because of my passion more than my skill set and that was you know based on chats that I had with them as well uh so they are you know they're not-for-profit charity and that's something I've like I always have been super passionate about working for social good and making sure my work has a positive impact and so I think that just really came across when I interviewed. Um, so that was super exciting. And they kind of just had so much trust. Um, it was more of like, it was just a good like clashing of people. <laughs> um, yeah, they, yeah they, they had a lot of trust in me and they let me try new things. And like, that's just how I learned. Like that's where I got all my skills from really is just having the space to try new things and not be worried about having to impress anyone they were just like yeah we trust you like you're the expert do what you want <laughs> nice and so uh, you already briefly like mentioned it but you said that you learned on the job but you know how was that feeling like for you basically taking over the branding of a business just as you yeah. were getting into it? it was like your first thing that you did yeah so when I started they they hadn't had a brand designer before so I was the first one and before me, they kind of, you know, they just had freelancers and people chip in here and there. So, you know, you could probably guess the reason they needed the brand designer was because they just had, you know, bits and pieces everywhere. It really needed like consistency and someone to kind of look over it. So um, that, yeah, it it kind of came with its own, like, here you go, like, this is your baby now you know grow it as you will we trust you (laughs) so it it wasn't you know it wasn't like I was taking over from something that was already super well established it it kind of needed someone to do that in the first place 
Nice. So um, what was the next step in your career then after developing the brand for them? Yes. Yeah, so I, I loved working with them. I think in-house for me kind of lost the challenge in a way. Um, and I was like mm-hmm. looking for a, like a new thing. Um, yeah. And the reason I was looking into agencies is because I, you know, I, I hear stories like I knew that the way that it worked was quite different to in-house. Um, and I, you know, in-house you work on like the single brand all the time, every day and agency was like different things all the time. I thought maybe that would excite me because I could, you know, work on different brands and different services and get to know new people all the time. Uh, so that's why I went to agency and like the amount I learned in agency is incredible. Like I'm so happy that I made that shift, but also that I did both of them for, you know, quite a good amount of time, like a pretty even amount of time because I just learned such different things in the two different places. And both of them like have really impacted uh, my, like how I freelance as well. Nice. Oh, that's a perfect transition because that's exactly what I wanted to bring up next is like, what, um, you know, what kind of things did you learn working in an agency that you carried over into your freelancing the most? I think, so I, I'm one of those designers that has always done freelancing on the side yep. of my full-time job. Uh, turns out I had no idea what freelancing really was <laughs> before I moved to the agency. I, um, I kind of have discovered that freelancing, working for yourself is kind of like a one man agency. And the way that they do everything in agency, you pretty much do exactly the same, but you're just, you are the CEO, you're the general manager, you're the accountant, you're the designer, like you are all the people just for yourself. Um, So it's been really helpful to see the process of trying to get new clients, how to quote for new clients, you know, even, even though I wasn't doing that in the agency, uh, mm-hmm. As the designer, they would often come to me to ask questions to help them quote for something. Yep. Uh, in terms of like, you know, how long do you think this will take you? And then they would take my input to help quote. So I, you know, I was kind of a little bit of part of that process. Yep. Um, and I saw new clients coming in and I saw how we uh, brought them in. And then when clients left, I saw how we like passed them on. And so, just being able to see and observe even if I wasn't actually running all of the different jobs um, helped me to know what I should be doing for freelance yeah that's amazing I want to come back to this because the one big question I'm going to want to ask you later on is if you think people should work for an agency before they Mm -hmm. get into freelancing but Mm -hmm. before we get into that can you tell us how you got into freelancing Yes. Uh, so we've all got a good friend uh, called COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did some freelancing, obviously, like I said, on the side. For me, it was always just bonus extra cash. It was super helpful. I like, I loved it, um, but I was really focused on my full-time career. Yeah. And I think it, yeah, it, started kind of occurring to me that 
transitioning to freelance would be really fun, but it was always so it's like such a distant dream. I was one of those people that was way too scared to have to rely on myself financially. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of, in my mind, I was like, one day I'll take my job down to part-time and then freelance part-time. That was like my 2021 plan. Mm -hmm. um, but then COVID hit and I, you know, I actually <clears throat> was in a kind of a unique position where I didn't just like lose my whole job like suddenly one day. I kind of, I transitioned from full-time to three days a week and then over time to one and a half days a week. And so it, I actually like got the opportunity to just slowly merge from focusing on my career to focusing on the freelancing rather mm -hmm. than just like overnight change. Um, <clears throat> so that was actually kind of a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. And as that happened, you know, I was still, I was using freelancing cause I was like, oh, there's no jobs. Like this is just, this is my only option. But at the same time, I was still applying for jobs because I thought, you know, that's just more secure. You know, it's just safer to have a job. Um, and then, like, the longer it's gone on, what, like, five months now, mm -hmm. I've just realised how much I love freelancing and that there was no reason for me to want to push it off in the distance. Like, I had no reason to be scared. It's, like, just awesome. And so I've just, like, dived in now, basically. It's amazing. I think it, okay, so I'm really happy that you brought it up because I feel like one of the things that stops people from making that jump is, you know, you are responsible for yourself, like your own finances. Very. And that, that is so stressful. Like yeah. even just the thought of that. So can you like, can you tell me how that has been for you? Like, obviously you were like thrown into it with COVID happening, but can you yeah. give me like a bit of like, can you just tell me how you've dealt with that over the last few months since you have been freelancing? To be honest, I'm still dealing with it. <laughs> um, I am as well, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all are like deep down. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, like, like my situation is also helpful because I, you know, also like losing my full-time job and doing this, you know, that whole thing like I said I was super focused on my career for a while mm -hmm. and um, with all that everything that's been going on just really brought it home for me and when I say that I mean that literally I literally was brought home to New Zealand <laughs> you know family and everything and so I've I was going from $300 a week rent in Sydney to now I'm you know I'm just like hanging out <laughs> I'm living with my sister so um I don't have like the stress of rent anymore um mm -hmm. you know so I'm kind of still in a place where I'm just working out how the freelancing is going to go uh how how it's all tracking along but uh, I don't have as many financial stresses as I did before yeah so that's been helpful I I don't actually like, I can't imagine how much more stressed I would be if I was also owing <laughs> a lot of rent and bills and things like that. Um, I also had the two weeks of quarantine, which was just like absolute peace, spent no money if all the food was brought to me. So <laughs> but to start freelancing in that environment was like, okay, I can just focus on work and not worry about the outside things for a second. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it's totally still a work in progress. It probably will be for a long time, but I think that's, it's just, it's just not the end of the world. Like I thought it would be, it's really just like, you know, take it day by day, month by month, you know, worst comes to worst. You can just, you know, abandon ship and <laughs> do something else. But like what I kind of discovered is that I like, I'm quite happy. I, I don't feel like I need to abandon ship. So yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. I think that's so great. And I think you, yeah, like, obviously I know how, like all the things that you've been doing and I'm going to talk to you a bit about the rebrand very <laughs> soon, but I feel like I skipped over the most important thing. Can you tell people what it is that you do for clients? Who are the kind of clients that get in touch with you? What problems do they have? And mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. All that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I touched on it earlier about my kind of passion for social good um, and having positive impact. I think, you know, that side of me, I've really like molded and worked on over the years, but it was back in uni when I was studying that that really hit me how important that was to me, the making sure I was having a positive impact with my work. I think just like people underestimate all the time how seriously powerful brand and marketing is. It mm-hmm. like the way it influences customer decisions is like huge. Um, and it actually like, I just had a, I had a moment in uni. I remember the moment cause it was during a lecture about ethics and, um, and I was just like, Oh my God, like, you, you know, Design and marketing is like the reason that cigarettes used to be cool and now they're not, you know, and that's just like, it was just baffling to me, basically, this realisation. Um, and so I kind of set out on a mission to make sure that any work I did, it was for something that I supported, honestly, and wanted to, you know, get behind their mission as well. Mm-hmm. So while that was it was just genuinely who i like it's who i am but as a bonus it kind of worked as a strategy and gave me a sort of niche mm-hmm. um and that you know for example that's how i got that that job with the not-for-profit as the brand designer you know it's like they could see that that i was real about that um mm-hmm. and so in terms of like the work that i do i love brands and I love how like working out how they can represent themselves in different platforms um, Mm -hmm. whether it's you know booklets lead generation collateral obviously logos and brand guidelines and um, I do a bit of illustration as well Um, Mm -hmm. and you know it's I've kind of attracted a lot of people that work in, yeah, like charities, not-for-profits, social enterprise, that I find that when I do work for them as well, I'm, I'm so much more excited and the work just comes out better because I want to put more into it. Yeah. So, you know, that's, and it's, it's shifted over time. So I'm now, you know, obviously I still got to put a roof over my head. It's hard to, you know, be very very strict about who you will and won't work with um but just making sure that it is 
you know, that they're not doing any damage or any negative impact on society is kind of where I sit. So mm -hmm. um, definitely people kind of get in contact with me because they, they know that that's something I'm genuine about. Mm -hmm. um, um, terms, oh yeah, you go. I was going to say in terms of kind of the problems that they have mm -hmm. with branding, I find the biggest problem is consistency. It's like the most key part of branding is staying consistent across channels, across different platforms, how you present yourself. Sometimes people don't realize that your brand is not just how you, you know, the visual look of it. It's how you send an email. It's how you show up to a meeting, you know? Um, and so it's easy to get stuck in what you're doing then and there. And it's hard to keep it consistent across the board, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, and you need that for a brand to really work. So I think helping people take a step back and realize that is a huge part of what I do as well. Tell me about it. I have that issue all the time. Look at my yeah. Instagram. It's a disaster. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, well, one thing that I wanted to ask you, are there any social enterprises, charities, or um, other non-profit organizations in New Zealand that you would love to work with? Do you have like a list of like businesses where you'd be like, yes, I would love to work with them. If any of them are watching, you know who you are because I've already emailed you. <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, I probably my, there's like this one big one that's been on my list forever, um, which is thank you. When I moved to Sydney, I bought uh, Daniel Flynn's book, chapter one, at the airport, and then I read it on the plane, like, on my move to Sydney and it, it like changed my life. And I was like, I need to work with Daniel Flynn. Um, it's been my mission for like the last five years. So one of these days. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Well, if anyone is watching this, <laughs> let him know. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is so awesome. Okay. And this brings up, okay. Fantastic. Another thing that I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Tell me about how you've emailed these people. Like, Oh yeah. Oh is, yeah. I email. love that. Tell me about it. Tell mm. me the approach that you've taken, why email and how it's mm -hmm. worked out so far. I, this all comes back to my thing about just being genuine about what I want my work, like how I want my work to impact people. I, have been a big advocate for, you know, when it comes to trying to get clients or applying for jobs as well, put a hundred percent effort into 10 emails instead of 10% effort into a hundred emails. Like you're just going to get a way better result. And that's what I've always done. Like all my cover letters, I'll spend a day writing a cover letter, um, you know, because I want it to be perfect and I want them to know that I've done the research and I really know who they are and I really care about what they're doing and I just want to be a part of it and it's people aren't stupid like they can they can see that you've actually put the effort in and they can see that you're not lying like it's not a strategy then they can tell that you've just sent this one email on purpose you haven't just copied and pasted it um, and that always gives off a good impression 
which, you know, fair enough. Like, <laughs> I feel like I deserve a good impression for the work I put in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I, yeah, when I send an email, it starts, it starts off with, you know, hi, I'm Ashley, I'm a designer. And that's when I stop talking about myself and I start talking about them. Um, normally, the people I reach out to, I've genuinely followed for years or, you know, like I've been with them for a long time. Um, and so when I email them, you know, I, I mentioned something that only someone who genuinely follows them would know. And so I think, you know, I've said something like, Hey, I'm actually on brand designer. Oh, I like, I loved when so-and-so said this in that podcast episode that you released last month, you know? <laughs> um, so it just makes it clear that I like, I really am genuine about it um it's but in saying that i don't get work from every single one of those emails sometimes i get no response but it you know it's for every this many you do you'll get this many responses and those responses are like well worth it that is so amazing <laughs> and i do you know how long it took me to figure that out it, yeah, oh, how long? Years. Yeah, okay. I know. And like what you've just described there is something that once you wrap your head around that mm -hmm. and you understand that if you send out this many emails with top effort yeah. put into writing those emails, even if you only get like 10% of them responding to you, yeah, it is so worth it. Yeah, definitely. And, and you haven't and so how did how did you learn that like how come you figured this out immediately and i'm still I, figuring it out that's, yeah like i kind of figured that out and then i figured out that other people hadn't figured it out mm -hmm. <laughs> uh honestly because i would get feedback about you know when i did get work or i did get a job um you know that they were super impressed and you know i even just uh, the agency I worked at, they were a brand storytelling agency and I did my research and I really liked the look of them and they used the word brand storytelling everywhere. And so I made sure I used the word brand storytelling like five times in my <laughs> application and they were just like, wow, like she really gets brand storytelling. We need this girl, <laughs> um, which was true as well. Like, it, you know, I didn't just chuck it in there as a strategy, it was like, oh, I can see that that's important to them. So I'm going to make sure they know that it's important to me too. Um, I, in terms of like, I, I think part of that, just again, coming back to really caring about the impact of my work. I like, that's my, I guess my point of difference. Um, I'm trying to use it as a point of difference as well because I know that not uh, a lot of people have that same kind of oomph. Um, mm -hmm. And so it it also became part of just what I do because of, you know, trying to showcase who I am uh, rather than just figuring out that everyone should be doing that. <laughs> it was kind of like, I should be doing this. Wow. Amazing. I, that's fantastic. And what, so what are your plans now? Now that you are in the freelancing world, like, do you like, 
do you have like an idea of what it is that you'd like to do long term? Um, mm. Is is there a chance that potentially you'd like to return to the world of like working for an agency? Um, if thank you gets in touch with you, will that be the end <laughs> oh. of you freelancing? <laughs> it might. Like I want to say no because I love freelancing, but literally if Daniel Flynn was like, "Hey, we want you to be our brand designer," I'd be like, "Ah, <laughs> <laughs> the choice." <laughs> but I um, here's the dream. Here's the vision, Connor. <laughs> I'm sitting on a balcony looking out over the Greek islands with my laptop, like working away, making money, having holidays, loving life. That's my dream. Um, and while I'm doing it, like it would be amazing if, you know, all my clients are charities, social enterprises, um, and not for profits. Right now it's hard to just stick to those three, but that's you know that would be amazing if that if I was able to strictly kind of keep it to that um yeah I what that was one of the reasons I had the distant dream of freelancing was I love the idea of traveling and working I I mm -hmm. never had the dream of traveling to be a tourist um I never had the dream of like working my ass off to save up heaps of money to then just take six months off completely you know, I always wanted to do both at the same time. So hopefully uh, one of these days, <laughs> our travel will be back on the cards. Cool. I love it. That sounds fantastic. Okay. I want to, so we're, I've got to head towards wrapping it up and I want to come back to the question. Should you work in an agency before you go freelancing? Hmm. It's, it's tough because I would, I would never say you should work in an agency before you go freelancing, but I will tell you that it has made a huge, that's been a huge help for me to have that experience. And I, I know that I've also spoken to people who no longer work in an agency who used to, and every single one of them say, like, I would not take it back for the world. Like the amount that I learned there is like being so helpful and, um, just understanding how agencies work as well as you know it's very valuable knowledge to have i you know and they do have uh quite high turnovers i think like you know there, there can be a lot of pressure every agency is different obviously the one i worked at was really really great i know that some are very high stress environments um so you know it's it is really good experience. I, I'll say that. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back at all. Um, and also as a freelancer, actually, now that I think about it, you, a lot of agencies have freelancers kind of on their books and when there's overflow work or they, you know, they have a really big project and they need more help, they get freelancers on board. So it's really good to kind of understand how they work so that, you know, whether you work as an employee or you work for a range of agencies as a freelancer, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can, you can just dive in and you know exactly what's going on, which is great as well. Amazing. Okay. So we reserve this last section for tips and tricks for people wanting to get into freelancing, but you have already <laughs> given yeah. such 
fantastic advice on like actionable things that they can do that today I actually want to change it up and put you on the spot a bit. And I want to know what are some simple actionable things that social enterprises can do to improve their brand or their marketing by themselves. I am on the spot. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we we I, can go back to the other one as well. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's see. Social enterprise is, you know, their point of difference from other businesses is that they have a higher purpose than profit and that's something that they need to make, you know, put out there. Branding is, to me uh, at least, I think it kind of comes under two main pillars. One being the visual appeal, you know, you know, make sure your logo's pretty, whatever. <clears throat> and the second pillar being the emotional appeal. You need people to have, to feel what you want them to feel when they interact with your brand. So actionable steps is you know <clears throat> i think everyone kind of has this idea you know you need your logo but then you need your mission your vision your values your purpose like those kind of brand strategy statements and mm -hmm. when i what i've seen in the past is that they kind of write them down as like a tick box like cool mission done and then they just leave it there or they put it on a wall uh, or on a piece of paper or they say it over and over again, but they don't actually use it. Uh, mm -hmm. So like the whole idea of having a mission and a vision and all these values is that when you do any, any work, any touch point of a brand needs to look through that lens. You can't just put a mission on a wall, hope that everyone in your company, you know, aligns with it and just like let it be you need mm -hmm. to actually when you're writing content when you're doing designs when you're uh, speaking somewhere when you're sending emails you know if you're doing admin everything you need to look through the, the lens of the mission and the vision and the values that you have because that's what really helps with consistency mm -hmm. and helping people feel like they're interacting with the same entity no matter who they're speaking to or where they are or how they're speaking to you. Um, that wasn't a very actionable tip, <laughs> but it, it is like a huge thing that I see uh, in a lot of social enterprises is yeah, just understanding to actually use those and not just mm -hmm. write them and be done with it. <laughs> yep. Oh, I think that's a really great actionable insight because not just so I see it with social enterprises, I see it with businesses in general. I mean, yeah, it's, that's, that's advice for everyone really, but especially social enterprises because you deserve to have, uh, have it all you know, done right and to have people feel emotionally connected to, to your brand. For sure. I think that is fantastic. And see, I put you on the spot and you solved it without a problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... To wrap it up, how can people find out more about you and get in touch with you if they want? Oh, yes. Do check out my new website, which I 
completely designed myself in quarantine when I had nothing else to do. That was my quarantine project. It's uh, <laughs> ashleyrosedesigns.co. Um, and I'm also on Instagram as, ooh, what is it? Maybe ashleyrose.designs, I think. I only just started it. I'll so link cool. it below. I'll link it below. <laughs> Thanks. Um, obviously, Unicorn Factory as well. Just added some new case studies. Check me out. Other freelancers out there, like if, if you've got overflow work or anything like that, like I'm so keen to help out. So totally reach out. Awesome. Ashley, that was fantastic. Oh, I think so many fantastic insights and I'm looking forward to putting this one out there. Everyone else who's watched all the way, thank you so much for watching. That was episode number 14 of Talking to Unicorns. And we will be back with more in the future, I promise. <laughs> uh, other than that, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, follow both of us on Instagram and all of the social accounts that are linked below. Other than that, have a fantastic day. Goodbye. <laughs>